0: The Chavrusa, featuring Rabbi Avraham Kivalevich and Rabbi Kalman Warch, directed by Jeff Osias. From Chicago, this is the Chavrusa. I'm Rabbi Avraham Kivalevich. I'm
1: Rabbi Kalman Warch. 2004, which is upon us, is also, of course, an election year. And we sit here tonight in the shadow of a big primary that's coming up in many states and many people in our listening area. And I think this probably brings to the fore the question as to the Jew in the political world.
2: Uh, Again, this question would be on a large scale and a small scale. Of course, by large scale, I mean the presidential election coming up. And small scale, of course, there are different um, smaller levels of politics that um, we need to vote upon to decide who should be in that
1: role. And not only are we talking about Jewish representation in the government, but we're also talking about what Jews should and can do to influence their politicians.
2: So I think the question re- that comes to everyone's uh, mind is, should I go out and vote? Should I not go out and vote? Who should I vote for if I do go out and vote? Uh, so we- I, I think to, to answer the first question, um, I, I, would th- I would say it's pretty obvious that it's everyone's
1: duty to go out and vote. Well, Colman, I would agree that to be apolitical completely and not care and perhaps not even try to affect what our lot will be, uh, would be folly. We find that Chazal sent delegations to Rome. We find that there was, throughout Jewish history, Jewish men who acted as advisors in order to help the greater Jewish community. But I don't know if I could agree with you about going out to the polls today. I think there's something different between going out to the polls and voting and trying to influence an elected official positively towards Judaism.
2: Well, that's part of it. One of the main powers that a community has to help sway a politician in a certain way is their power of vote. Look at us. We provide for you a certain amount of votes. You should therefore, especially when it comes to re-election.
1: I I don't know, Kalman. I think that voting is is what you're talking about is a dream. I don't think that it really makes a difference. I don't think that voting today uh, really helps i think that we try well, I, I
2: think on a smaller scale it definitely depends i mean the senators governors mayors and small things like that especially aldermen's i think aldermans are always decided by the community but um even um larger up to the point of president are really decided by um in a great deal by the community. I think president is something else because the Jewish community and any other small community is just um, insignificant when it comes to this large scale vote. But still, I mean, th- there, there needs to be some support towards a certain candidate.
1: Well, they say, of course, that had the Jews uh, voted uh, stronger in, in the 2000 election in Florida and other places, we would have a different sitting president than we have now. I'm not going to deny that there is an effect of the populace on an election. But I'm not sure if every person sitting here and listening to our show has a responsibility to go out and vote and let his voice be heard.
2: I think it's a duty. I think every person has the power to change something, not just for himself, but for everyone else and therefore they should go out and vote in cases where it would make a difference.
1: Well, there are different ways to change things. I'm not sure if going into the election box is what's going to change it. Uh, I'm going to put my bomb right on the table and tell you that as many elections as I have observed, I have yet to vote in even one of them.
2: Now, I'm shocked at that. You haven't voted in a single election? I mean, you just watched everyone else vote and didn't put your say in?
1: I think the last thing I voted for was something uh, in elementary school, perhaps some sort of student council. But I don't remember voting, and I have not voted. I have not gone into that booth and voted. And I say this to my students, and I, and I get the same sort of re, uh, sort of shocked reaction. Um, and I don't believe it makes a difference. I think that I, I have an interest, of course, and I think that Jews should perhaps care who their president is. But I think that Ultimately, it's going to have to do with the power brokers, the machers, the people who have that sort of political savvy. I'm not sure if every person needs to be so politically aware to go out and vote.
2: Well, again, you're saying that each individual doesn't have to go out, um, including yourself. But if you don't have individuals, I mean, a group is only a bunch of individuals. Right. If everybody
1: thought like me, nobody would get elected. But people aren't all thinking like me. And the truth is is that most people are going to be going out there and voting. Now, uh, how about yourself, Kamen? I think you are of age, right? You're, you're past the legal age of voting. How about you? Are you planning well, on voting this year?
2: Citizen. I'm not an citizen. I'm a British citizen. And, I, and? And therefore, I can't vote. And if you're going to ask me why I haven't gotten citizenship in order to vote, I just don't think it's worth – Going to um become an American citizen, and not because like you 're saying that the vote is unimportant, I just don 't think they America provides enough choice i don 't think that they let you choose the candidate that you like there aren 't forty or fifty candidates that you can choose from, and each one will each one will be entirely different. You get two people to choose from, and they 're both um stinking rich. Um, millionaires who weren 't brought up in a philosophical society, but they were brought up in Yale and other things like that where they 're just there to promote themselves i think I think it 's put best by Aristotle and Plato, who believed and um, based the, most of the Greek philosophy and the idea that the leader should always be the greatest philosopher, the smartest person who is the most well to, in tune with the needs of society are not someone who is working and makes a living off of the oil companies and during his a, a, presidency
1: aristotle and socrates uh, whoever you're quoting weren't referring to the way things actually were alexander the great might have been a great philosopher king but most of the people who acted as kings were not philosophers they were people who pushed power and might and influence yeah, in order to the whole idea get what they of america
2: wanted. is is in order to bring this about to provide Provide the voice of the people and to give people a choice of what's happening. But America's not doing that because they're getting these people who are selfish and um, spoiled brats to run their country. Common,
1: this is not something new. Uh, anyone who is familiar with the history of the last century, especially the way it's brilliantly portrayed in Robert Penn Warren's Pulitzer Prize winning novel, All the King's Men, which is a description of a man... F- fatally flawed, but yet might have some good ideas to push. You're right. The character and the nature of most of the politicians is corrupt. However, you you have to get into politics. That's right, which is my point. You have to be somewhat of a corrupt person to want to control people, to want to have that power. The question is, how much good can we insert into that ugly container? many people who in their personal lives were horrible who were rich pampered brats but somehow they had advisors and people around them that they could we can affect a change no one is going to extol richard nixon uh, for any of his positive character traits however it's quite possible that in 1973 he saved uh, the state of Israel by the stands that he took, and he was not a Jew lover uh, by any means. Um, I,
2: I, I don't think that's the point. I think, I think we're actually both agreeing that uh, America does not provide... No, I'm not. Um, I,
1: I think there have been, although perhaps not in your recent memory, I think that we've had elections where the choices were stark. I think when we talk about the difference between uh, uh, George H. Bush and Bill Clinton in 1992. I think that was two very different visions of America. Uh, I don't know if the same thing would be true about the next uh, consequential election, which would have been the year 2000, between Al Gore and George W. Bush. I don't know if their visions were that radically different, but I think many people could probably have spoken passionately about the difference between Gore and Bush. I think that uh, in light of what has happened with September 11th, I think many people have said, aren't we glad... Uh, that Gore was not the man in the White House? I think you have to admit, Coleman, that Gore and Bush were quite different. Uh, I don't think that America never... I do have to
2: say that, but I think it would be very simply parodied by saying that basically what we do is we take a child at a young age, put him through a brainwashing machine that corrupts him in all possible ways, have him even be brought up in the White House where he sees how much fun it is and um, let him grow up to try to enter this house, and then that becomes his goal. And if he needs to um, um, kiss a few people's shoes in order to get there, that's what he'll do. But it's not about changing the
1: world. Right. The political person is ultimately an egoist, and he wants that power. And we have to find people like that. Great men, I don't believe, become politicians. As our, as our engineer, uh, Michael Shoshani, says, that uh, the problem with all political jokes is that they get elected. I,
2: I think the best example of this would be the fact that Jews are actually trying to get into politics. Um we we didn't we haven't brought this up yet, but what about a Jew politician? So you you would think that a Jew politician would be so great. Uh, um I'm I'm talking to the listeners of course. But uh, but it's not great because like we've said before, the, it's not about um, what they believe the world should be like, which would be great. If we could have someone who would be able to and um, give more right to our values and promote them, that would be great. But that's not what it's about. Well, Colin, maybe we should It's distinguish- about self-promotion. Well, maybe we
1: should distinguish here between uh, the idea of a Jew running for president or perhaps in, in the smaller type of roles as like you were saying before, alderman or state senator or uh, a person like that. I think that when... Joseph Lieberman, who we know is one of the candidates who at this point is still uh, in the running, uh, is a man who has professed himself as an Orthodox Jew, I believe. I think that is his, what he says he is. Uh, what would you say about Joe Lieberman?
2: Well, I actually think, although most people were excited to have Joe Lieberman running for something close to being to president, um, I think that he's a compromiser. I mean, he's someone who's giving up Judaism. He was even... I mean, there was a whole controversy about him, whether he was actually keeping the laws or not. I think that a non-Jew who has respect for religions and values would be better off than someone who's even from our religion but either doesn't respect or can't respect because it will be thrown in his face, I think we'd be better off without him.
1: Well, Joe Lieberman, I have mixed feelings about Joe Lieberman. On on one hand, I felt a tremendous surge of pride when he was announced as Al Gore's running mate in the 2000 primaries. I think that that indicated to me that a man can be a heartbeat away from being president of the United States as an Orthodox Jew. And this was something that was unheard of in years past, that someone like that shouldn't be immediately shot down because he was a Jew. The fact that he has compromised, I think this goes back to what we've been talking about. Every politician, in order to be successful, had to compromise. Joe Lieberman, yes, he did things that were anti-halacha. He did things, uh, he promoted a bill that guaranteed partial birth abortions in certain situations, which was against halakha. And I'm sure someone who's more familiar with his record would find many instances of that. I don't know if being a Jew by definition in politics is an oxymoron, that it can't coexist. And what about all... Well, you can definitely be a Jew in politics, but you can't... And act Jewish in politics. Well, we do have Gomorrahs that speak about being Osik, but Zorchay We do have, and that's not necessarily the I, again, I think going back to what Gabi. you said
2: before about being an alderman, I mean, we can have Jewish aldermen and we can have Jewish councilmen. I mean, in, in New York City, there are Jewish politicians who have done so many small little things for the Jewish community, like bringing in um, Jewish books into the public library and books that would be otherwise unaccessible, like the Art Scroll and um, Gemara, which is a translation of the whole Talmud, which, as said, costs so much money, but you can go to the library and read it, and small things like that. And, of course, there is bringing in him being able to speak to larger politicians and bringing them in to come and see well, some religious is, Well, this services. is the whole idea
1: of Jewish lobbying. We know that the AIPAC lobby and other lobbies try to find a candidate that they feel will promote the best way, the Jewish or the Israel slate. This is something the Jews have constantly done. Is this something that we feel should be encouraged? This is the type of thing, if someone has the talent, he should familiarize himself with the politicians and try to back the one with the best chance of winning and the best chance of promoting pro-Israel ideas. Well,
2: then we're doing something else. We're not actually picking the candidate that we want and voting for him because we believe he'll do that. We try to side with the winning side so that we can claim credit
1: afterwards. Well, That's different. And this is, of course, something which is done continuously, and the Jews are uh, dismissed because of it. We in are, other words, if
2: we have a candidate that we don't really like, but because we know he's going to win, we'll still vote for him in order to get him to think that we
1: like him? Well, sometimes we actually we honor them, and the, these people are brought in to speak. And again, the dirty deals that seem to be done— I'm not sure. Are, are, I'm are you not referring su- to Hillary Clinton in specific? Not necessarily. I'm talking about a number of candidates that seemingly are supported by a uh, number of of Jewish organizations. They are they are uh, talked with and dealt with, and many of these candidates uh, are not only antithetical to Jewish ideals in terms of support of gay rights and support against school vouchers in some cases. So again, I think the whole bag is so mixed and corrupt. Sometimes I feel that we should just stay out of it, and perhaps what we need to do is look to God and hope that God will provide the answers for us. I don't know if, if, if we gain anything. I think it's almost an exercise in futility. Well, you know, I don't know, not, not
2: to contradict myself, I do believe that, we, um, that even though I don't vote myself because there's no need to become an American citizen, but those of you, I think we've shown with eno- enough proof that um, people are responsible to go out and at least
1: try to get something back I think there should people be out there working for us I don't know if that's the responsibility of every single one of us Now we've been talking here about the United States Uh, after we come back I think we should be speaking about life in Israel which of course is a whole different situation and we'll be going weiter after these messages
0: You're listening to The Chavrusa with Rabbi Avram Kivalevich and Rabbi Kalman Warch on the Torah Radio Network Internet Archive at www.torahradio.net. The Chavrusa can be heard every Monday evening on the Torah Radio Network Daily Show from 8 to 9 p.m. Central on AM 1080 WNWI, Oaklawn, Chicago, 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern on AM 68690 690 WNZK, Dearborn Heights, Detroit. Or you can hear it live at www.toraradio.net And now we return to the Chavrusa on the Torah Radio Network Internet Archive at www.toraradio.net
2: We're back, we're talking about politics and um, specifically whether one should vote or shouldn't vote, and about uh, Jewish politicians, of course. But I think we can move on to what's going on across the ocean in Israel. Um, I think
1: one would have to admit that in Israel the uh, rules are entirely different because of the nature of the system. There are, of course, 120 seats which need to be earned by people representing what those parties stand for. So as much as they try to turn it into an American-style election, it still really is about who's going to control the government.
2: And and it's very practical because if you can get 10,000 people to vote one way, you've already got some kind of power. I mean, you don't need a large number. It's not like trying to affect an uh, an electoral vote of president, like trying to get a president in America into the House. You need a huge amount of votes, which no small community can provide. While over there... Besides the fact that there aren't that many people in the country, but because you all you need is to get two or three more seats, that's all you need. And as your community grows, you will get more seats. And, it, and not only that, but each um, seat has actual power. I mean, the more seats you have, the more you can get from small to big, more funding for your schools to um, more decisions on whether um, things should be running
1: on Shabbos. Life in Israel is definitely different than it is here. Here, a person's interest in politics is something passing. In Israel, the politics actually runs through the blood of every single person on the street. People are extremely interested in whether the government is going to stand or fall, are the programs going to work or not.
2: In America, um, most children, even past the age of high school into college, don't know the list of all the presidents. While over there, there are um, five-year-olds and a lot of them who know the names of every person sitting in the Knesset with their entire biography, all the people who have been there, which sides they've switched to. I mean, this is what they're born with and bred with because it's just so important.
1: Well, again, I think it's like all things that everybody takes as a given. I think we have to examine it. I happen to believe as an observer and seeing what goes on in Israel that I think it's much overdone. As much as the Israelis will tell you how important politics is and uh, this is life and death— even to the point that the gedolim routinely issue psalkim about who to vote for and which party one should go out and how one is uh, doing a naveira, he's being mavat mitzvah, he's not a, uh, accomplishing a, a positive commandment by not going out and voting for a certain party, it seems much too much. Uh, I think that there's a, a, a tremendous amount of Lashon Hara involved, of people of what they are and what they're about and it seems to me quite it's overdone there's well, a waste I don't of talk the
2: Russian horror is a real issue because um, we're talking about politicians here who are mostly corrupt even in the country of Israel that we like Column to with call the Common whether it's technically Russian horror
1: or not people well, I are think not. that people makes are, a big difference people are involved in the minutiae of the excitement of what's going to happen and they're well, using I, it as an excuse to stay away from real self-improvement. Well I, th- I agree
2: I, I agree that there's definitely in yeshivas there's a lot of wasted time of Bachram discussing politics and students dealing with politics and things like that. So of course every person has
1: to learn to be able to put it aside. But I don't think that's really I, I don't know, the know if issue. they can because here in the United States if we would have a person reading the New York Times editorial in the Base about who to vote for, people would say, What are you doing? This is a, this is a school you should be studying and advancing your Torah knowledge. But in Israel, even the religious Jews are encouraged to be politically aware and active and perhaps they should because close it's, the-
2: it's a necessity. You can't be Jewish in Israel if you don't create the situation that allows you to be Jewish. I mean, where Israel is on the brink of not being allowed to act religiously. There are parties against...
1: But what about all the promises that are broken? The politicians promised the Shas party or the Agud or Degelator or Mavdal, and then it turns out that they renege on those promises. Well, uh, all
2: you're these... doing your best. A lot of things have been accomplished. A lot of things have pulled back. But it's definitely so important. I don't know if to be so involved, but definitely anyone that does
1: not go out and vote in Israel is um, is doing something wrong. Do you know that the non-religious constantly paint uh, the Frum people as these political backroom hustlers who are trying to crush the government and their vice? All well, this... they're always going to
2: look for ways to um, slander the religious people because the religious people have their agendas and they have their agendas. And, and the fact is that the religious people slander the
1: non-religious. It seems that moderation is called for. And... I don't deny that one has to be aware of what's going on, but maybe we should allow the professional politicians to do their job. I don't think that a frenzied interest does anything uh, for Torah Judaism. I think that we have to realize that God controls Lev Malochem Biyad Hashem, as the POSIC says. And if we do our best... Still,
2: we need to do um, our hishtadlis, our input... I I I would compare it to voting for an alderman in America, where the alderman can provide small things in your community and what things need to be fixed when certain police officers should be in certain places at certain times. And I think if you don't have that, you're just throwing away something that's given to you and and you're um, sometimes making yourself lose because of it.
1: I I think more energy and effort has to be put in terms of the home and in your own sense of connection to God. We can – call instances from Jewish history where people lived in regimes that were terrible in Poland and Lithuania, and yet the inner spiritual life was much richer and greater, even though the freedoms were curtailed.
2: I don't know. I don't think you could say that in our days. I mean, it's so important with all the things that are going on in Israel. I mean, even in America, how can we not vote when we're on the brink of war with four different countries and um this terrorist attacks i mean the planes are being um
1: and um, put down every day and not allowed to come in i mean how can they- we, we talk about the united states i mean it isn't the foregone conclusion i mean we're having this program now sometime in january or february but we know that the 2004 election is a done deal. We know that George W. Bush is going to be reelected, and a lot of this stuff is R- just. One to second, one second. Get... Are we getting predictions here, Coleman? This is not Nostradamus. I'm, this is an obvious thing. Everybody knows. Oh, that? That, that are Bush you gonna is going vote to vote for win. him? Of course not. I told you, I don't vote. But just like any spectator. I'm bored by what I see. This is a Super Bowl game where the odds are 21 points or more. It's clear that— I don't know. I think I think you're in for a big shock if you think that there's going to be a landslide here. Why? Isn't it clear that the American electorate, as you've— Barring, as you've...
2: barring God forbid, another act of terrorism upon this country, I think the people will start to realize over— I mean, there's a whole year to make this decision— and people will start to get to know these politicians more. I mean, and John Kerry, even to the point of Dennis Kucinich. I mean, people will start to recognize their names, get more involved with what they know. I mean, this is the idea behind these um, primaries: oh, oh, oh.
1: is to get people. These people are getting their names known, so they could perhaps make a run after Bush decides to retire to whatever ranch G- he decides to go. I George Bush has to that go, power. Joe.
2: I think a lot of people are bored with him, sick with sick of him. And I'm starting to realize that they've got, if not a puppet, but at least a um, wind-up toy.
1: And, I, and as we've said before, I don't think the alternatives really mean anything much better than George Bush. I mean, again, I, I'm not— there, a, There's
2: still a way of saving face. I mean, Bill Clinton was a, an immoral man, but he was an
1: absolute genius. Um, he was a genius as a, as a human being, knowing how to press the flesh. He wasn't a political genius. He was a, he was a great scholar— I mean, he, he was a Oxford graduate. Oh, come on, Kalman. We're talking about being a political person. I understand. A political person.
2: But there's a way to present yourself. Tony Blair in England presents himself as a person who I would want should represent my Coleman, country. Kalman, I think we've I lost think a third of our audience
1: here with Tony Blair because I don't even think many people know how who he is, the Prime Minister of England, or I, what he's doing. I think,
2: doing. again, you're um, undermining our listeners here. <laughs> but, but George Bush is not something that, I can say Americans
1: should be proud of as the representative of their common for 8 years we had a western president who was probably suffering from Alzheimer's even then America has But long... he still looked like a wise sage I mean and <laughs> um, could we <laughs> looks because because George Bush doesn't look, look good at Look at this enough. country
2: with uh, uh, with a um, movie actor um, being the governor of California I mean how can you
1: you consider How could you, sit you consider there? Schwarzenegger a movie actor? That's that's praise already. Calling him an actor, maybe a bodybuilder would be something. Listen, I, mean, it's I it's am a not a joke. Look common... at Jesse
2: Ventura in Minnesota. I mean, he he common, turned you... the whole state into a big joke.
1: Common, I think we've already planted this flag on American politics and I'm willing to hoist it together with you. The only thing is, is that in terms of Bush, the American populace is going to vote for him anyway. The question is, so what is gained by the interest that we seem to have over the election till now? I think it's just the news media trying to get us to think about something. And therefore, these elections... I I think you'll see over the next few months. I I think we have to wait and give this a chance. Common, as much as I eschew embracing the political fields of today and to be interested in it, I don't think that that should stop us from knowing and teaching about the great politicians of the American past. I mean, we are approaching President's Day, and I think there's probably something positive about extolling to even Jewish children the virtues of the American presidents, such as George Washington or Abraham Lincoln.
2: Well, one second. I know you're American, and me being English, I'm allowed to say this, but um, Americans have painted these this picture of these great Yankee heroes who stood up against the evil queen and fought against and created this country. And then, but one sec, these were also politicians corrupt. They were traitors to the crown that they were born to sw- to swear to. Um, uphold and keep. Um, Abraham Lincoln was in the midst of a war that no country has ever seen like that, a civil war between the North and
1: the South, brother against brother. Tom, we're not going to open up the question whether the Americans who fought the Revolutionary War were guilty of sedition and being no, I traitors. Think, I think
2: it's over and done with. I just don't think we need to fool our kids into thinking that George Washington never told a lie and told his father no, about, that, about but, the cherry no, tree. No, but
1: that the idea and experiment of America with something noble and great, and something perhaps that well, God no, wanted. No, I'm not against that. And Democracy is a great thing, and God but, worked But through. them as
2: a person, I don't think we have the right nor the knowledge to be able to and give paint them as someone who is so great, who we need to grow up to be. Abraham I, I, Lincoln with his big statue sitting there in Washington, D.C., where people come to him to be inspired no. as Mr. Smith goes to Washington. These
1: men were masters of using the political apparatus to make the world better. I'm not talking about glorifying or deifying their their lives. When a child is young, he perhaps does need to know about the man as a human being, in order to later appreciate his political accomplishments. Washington, if one reads his speeches, if one reads the nobility there. If one reads Lincoln's ideas and sees the brilliance of the man, and it's only made greater I, I by don't the think fact so. of Jefferson where he came was an from. atheist. I, I, I mean,
2: these were people who were immoral too. I mean, you had a president that was never married. What, what was he? He was um, um, practicing um, celibacy
1: we're talking about giving our youth, and perhaps even ourselves, a whiff of what it could be to be a great man in a political world. Our world is inextricably connected with politics, and I believe, of course, a Torah Jew should sit and study and learn and make the world better, his family better. But i also think there's room to point to these men, and if it means perhaps Elevating them for our children, I think that's something positive. I don't think so. I think convincing
2: our children to grow up thinking I want to be president is equal to teaching our children that they want to grow up being drug dealers. I mean, these are um, this is a that's job
1: not... where you need to be corrupt to do it, as much as we might need it. But um, I mean, that's we... not the purpose. The purpose is of telling them what the great experiment of politics can be. That perhaps one day they could they could find themselves in a climate that. They could perhaps make a difference. It's important to know that our world is not completely cynical. We don't want our kids being raised scoffing and thinking everything is a joke. I think, therefore, if we can point to a Lincoln, to a Washington, and to the mind and the understanding and brilliance of a Jefferson, I think these are things which we can have pride in, even being here residents of the United States. Well, that's about all the time we have for tonight. My Chavrusa is the right-honored Englishman, Kalman Warch. And my Southern American Chavrusa, Rabbi Avram Kibalevich. But Kalman, stick around because I think there are people out there waiting to take some poll questions for us.
0: Well, at this point, I don't think they want our answers. The Chavrusa features Rabbi Avram Kibalevich and Rabbi Kalman Warch and is directed by Jeff Osayas.